It is not often that this happens to me, but it has happened a time or two in my past. Went to bed last night at 2.16 this morning. God awoke me. And he told me exactly where to go this morning, exactly what to preach, exactly the scripture to go to. Just as plain as the nose on your face. I do not know to whom I speak. I perceive probably every one of us. But I, I do want to follow the direction of the Lord today. And I believe God wants to speak to us today. How many of you in this room want to be saved? Nothing more important than that, is it? Nothing more important than that. If I don't have riches or fame or popularity or social life, I want to be saved. I want to be saved. And uh, I'm going to help you today to be saved. Brother Grady Kite, I'm glad you're back in the house of the Lord. Went through a surgery. My friend, like my right arm around here. Amen. I, I, I started just to read the whole scripture, that, but I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to preach from it a little bit. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to the book of Ruth. I am going to be preaching from chapter 1 of Ruth today, and I trust the Lord will say something to you and I that will help us. You can be seated because I'm not going to read scriptures. I'm just going to start preaching. It's a long scripture, and I'm going to go through it a little bit today. Thank you for those of you who stood in honor of the word of the Lord, but today I just... Uh, I just sometimes believe the Lord has a special word, and today is one of those days. And I will preach to all of us today, and I don't come with any agenda except to preach what God wants us to hear. Amen. I'll read verse 1, and this is the way the story begins, and I want you to hear it. And, and I, I just want to tell it to you in its entirety today. And let you understand what happened in Ruth chapter 1. The Bible said, It came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land. A famine. Do you know what a famine is? A famine is where food shortages are. We don't really know much about that in our world. We don't understand uh, exactly what a famine is in the land as it was in the old times. And then the Bible said, a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he, his wife, and his two sons. And I'll stop right there. Let me first of all talk to you from this angle. I want to tell you that there are famines in our life. It may not be of food. We've pretty much, all of us have had rice and potatoes and beans and corn and I tell you what, Erlene and I got the chance, and if you had never been, Sister Paula Dean has a restaurant up in Branson. You need to visit because uh, we, we made pigs of ourselves. But uh, we don't know much about famines in our land. Famines are times of hardness and hard times upon people who are hungry and people have to 
do whatever they can to get their hands upon whatever they can. Now, that being said, we don't know a whole lot about that in America, but we know about a famine in our spiritual lives at times. We know about famines when we walk with God as we do. Because there are times in our spiritual life when things aren't just exactly perfect and things are rough and there are times that we pray that we do not feel like we can get an answer. There are times that we go through, we call them dry times, times when you don't feel God like you have at one time. Did anybody identify? Can you understand what I'm saying today? We, we pray, but we feel like our prayers are bouncing off the ceiling. We don't, we don't feel like we're touching God. We, we go sometimes days, weeks. I've seen people, matter of fact, I had a lady come to me years ago, and she said, I've been like this for several years. I said, ma'am, all I can tell you is God is real, and God is alive, and God is hearing you, and there will come a time that you'll walk out of this famine in your life. And she did exactly that. But here in, in verse 1 of Ruth chapter 1, the Bible said, A certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to sojourn in a country called Moab. He and his wife and his two sons. Pardon me. He took them to Moab because there was a famine in his country. He left the house of bread and he went to the place where he thought they would be better off. This is a familiar story to those of you who have read the Bible through and have been around for a long time. But I want to pause here to give you a little history. Moab was the enemy of the people of God. Moab, can I tell you where Moab came from? You remember when God delivered Lot and his wife and his two daughters from Sodom and Gomorrah? And they started up the hill that day. Lot's wife looked back and she was turned into a pillar of salt. But, but Lot and his two daughters continue on and they stop at a place called Zoar. It was Lot that got drunk on this particular night and his two daughters went in unto him. His two daughters slept with him. And from incest was born a baby called Moab. And that baby became the, the nation of the Moabites. And it's now that this man has said, we're leaving here because it's not enough for us here. And we're going to go to the enemy of God's people. And we're going to dwell in the land of Moab because there's food down there. I want to tell you and warn you on this Sunday morning, be careful about going to Moab. Never leave Bethlehem, Judah in your life because this is still God's kingdom and this is the house of bread. I can't tell you how many during my time that I have watched leave Bethlehem, Judah in their life and go to Moab. These two words haunted me from 2.16 this morning till I got here today. The cost. Would you say that with me? The cost. 
The name of the man was Elimelech. His wife's name was Naomi. The name of his two sons were Malon and Chilion. They were Ephrathites of Bethlehem, Judah. And they came into the country of Moab. And the Bible said they continued there. Now everything was good when they left Bethlehem and went to Moab because there was food in Moab. They found things to eat. They found good things there that they didn't have in Bethlehem, Judah in the physical sense. But the Bible said... It wasn't long before this man passed away. He died in, in a foreign land. And the Bible said only Naomi was left and her two sons. And then if you read on down to verse 4, the Bible said that her two sons married Moabite girls. So now not only have they left their homeland, they've left the, the people of God behind. They have went into the land that that was the enemy of God's people. And now her sons, because of where she has them, are marrying Moabite girls. And so now this is not pleasing to God. The name of the one was Orpha, and the other's name was Ruth. And they dwell there, the Bible said, 10 years or about 10 years. And then all of a sudden, these two young men died. Now Elimelech has died, and now Malone and Chilion died. The Bible doesn't say how they died. It just said they both died. And the women were left with her two sons. Or the woman was left of her two sons and her husband. In other words, now they left as a family, a man and his wife and two boys. The two boys intermarried into the Moabite tribe. And now... Elimelech has died, his two sons have died, and Naomi alone is left, and all she has is her daughters-in-law. And she, she said, I am going back to Bethlehem, Judah, for I have heard that the country of Moab, from the country of Moab, how that the Lord has again visited Bethlehem, Judah. Let me tell you, Get the picture if you will. Here's a family that left, but a lone woman going back. She left everything she had in Moab to get back to the kingdom of God. You may or may not get it today, but I'm going to lay it out for you as best I can. The Bible lets us know that Moab is a type of the world that Bethlehem Judah is a type of the church, that going to Moab is very costly. Wherefore, the Bible said she went forth out of that place and her and her two daughters-in-law. And so Naomi says to her daughters-in-law, she said, you go return to your mother's house. You go back to where you came from. I'm going home. You need to go and go back to your mother's house. Now stay with me right here. The Lord grant that you may find another husband. You may find another man. You're young. You need to go be married and lay, stay in the land that, from which you came. Now Orpha said, I'm, I'm going home. And she did. She kissed Naomi and went back home. But Ruth said, I'm going with you. This is where we get the scripture that said, whether thou lodgest, I will lodge. Whether thou goest, I will go. Your people is going to be my people. Your God's going to be my God. And we understand that Ruth went with Naomi back to Bethlehem, Judah. Here's what I want you to notice today. 
Here's what I want you to see in my brief sermon this morning. The Bible said, the Bible said that, that when she got back to Bethlehem, Judah, that the people looked at her and said to her, are you not Naomi? Aren't you the lady that left here 10 years ago with Emelech, Elimelech and Malone and Chilion? You had two boys and a husband when you left. Let me tell you what Naomi said. She said to them, call me not Naomi. Don't call me Naomi. I'm not blessed anymore. Call me Myra because God hath dealt with me bitterly. She said, I am not who I used to be because I left the house of God and went to Moab. And now I've been dealt with bitterly by God. Here's what she said. You go read it for yourself in verse 21. She said, I went out full and the Lord hath brought me home again empty. I left here with everything that I had and everything intact and everything was good but I'm, I'm returning without my boys. I don't have my husband. I don't have the things I thought I'd have now. She should have been having grandchildren and her family should have been growing but she said God had dealt with me bitterly. Why? Because you left Bethlehem Judah and you moved to Moab. The cost, the cost. You may go to Moab and you may or may not return. You may go to Moab, but there's no promise of you making it back to Bethlehem, Judah. You may go to Moab, but things may go sour for you because when you get to Moab, you are not in the house of God. You are in the house of the enemy, and the enemy controls you in Moab. I'm going to preach to this church for just a little while today, and for every one of you that are guests here, I'm going to tell you the Bible said the way of a transgressor is hard. Did you hear me? When I was laying there this morning and all of these scriptures about Naomi and Ruth and Elimelech and all, all of these things were going over my mind, the Lord dropped another scripture on me that I've memorized through the years and I know it very well. And it's found in Romans chapter 6 and it's verse 23. Here's what the Bible said. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. There's a price you pay for sin. There's wages that are attached to sin. There's some things about the sinfulness of this old world that the Lord will not allow. It is Paul that picked up his pens in Romans chapter 5. And he said, wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men that for that we have for that all have sinned. He said everybody sinned. And that's how death got here. Death came through Adam. Death came through the destruction of mankind through sin. But I'm here to preach to you on this morning. You don't have to dwell in Moab. You don't have to live in sin. You don't have to take up the sword of Moab. You don't have to live the lifestyle of Moab. Because ladies and gentlemen, God sent a way to deliver you from the sin that came to your life and the death that is going to come if you don't get it out.
the wages of sin, the cost of sin, the price tag of sin. When you, when you talk about a man and his wife and two sons, a perfect little family, leaving the house of bread. It was a famine. It was rough times. Uh, I, I never will forget Todd Oglethorpe. He, he, he was a mentor in my life. He was a, a wonderful man. He's passed on to be with the Lord. But it, what, a, what a great, valuable man in this church. I cannot tell you how many times I've heard him say this. Stay with the ship. Stay with the ship. Don't leave the church. No matter what comes, stay with the church. The church is the old ship of Zion. The church is going to float. The church is going to sail. The church is not going down. The calamity howlers of our day would like to tell you there's a famine here. You can't get what you want here. I can't. I get sick of people that say I'm not being fed. Well, let me tell you who gets fed, babies. Well, I hit you with that one, didn't I? Well, I'm just not getting fed. Well, you are a baby. That's why we have to feed babies. Grown-ups feed themselves. Well, that ain't popular, but that's right. You see, you when you leave the house of bread, you are taking your life in your own hands. As for me, I'll stay with this ship. Hallelujah. As for me, I'll stay with the church of the living God. I got enough faith, Brother Eric, to believe that no matter what comes or goes, no matter what any government does, no matter what society does, no matter what any social group does, no matter what anybody else does, I'm staying with the church because the church is my only hope. The church is my way out of here. I'll not go to Moab. I'll stay in Bethlehem, Judah, because I got faith in the church of the living God. You see, here's, here's the deal. There's some folks that are, they are seasonal Christians. When the harvest is plenty, whoo, hallelujah, I'm there, Pastor. Yes, sir. This is the greatest thing. You let a little trial come along, and it's like it's like they went into shock. I just don't know. The biggest whiny bag you can ever imagine. Cry, baby. I've been here 34 years. I can say it. Titty, baby. But ain't nothing you ain't said. You need to, you need to get off of it. That's what you need to do. I'm going to Moab. Well, you go ahead because what's going to happen when you get to Moab is you're going to lose a bunch of stuff and you're going to leave here full, but you're going to come back empty. And when you get back, it ain't going to be the same that you left with. You better hear this pastor on this Sunday morning. God woke me up this morning and he said the cost. Just remember the cost. You just remember the cost. You remember when you leave the, the church of the living God. There's a cost. There's a price to be paid. The wages of sin is death. Go ahead and gather with the world. Go ahead and get involved with the world. Go ahead and do what you want to do with the world. But when it's all said and done, you better run to the church because the church is your hope. I wanted my kids to have good educations and good jobs and, and, and good everything. All of us parents do. We want them to do well. Anybody want your kids to do well? 
I want them, I'd love for my kids to, to have everything in life that they can afford. I want them to do very well. But let me tell you, before they get an education and before they get, before they get a business and before they get money in their pocket, I want them to know about going to heaven. I want them to know about getting right with God. I want them to know how to pray. I want them to know how to seek the face of God. Because you see, there's a lot of things out there in Moab that they can get a hold of. But when you get to Moab, honey, there's a price to pay. She said, I left here full, but I'm not the same Naomi. I came back empty. I don't have what I had when I left here. I'm just struggling because I don't know where I made. Yeah, I do know where I made a mistake. I made a mistake when I got out of Bethlehem and went to Moab because that nation was the enemy of God and born out of incest on the side of a mountain. I hope you're hearing me today. It's not popular, but it's right. James said it this way. He said, when lust hath conceived, it brings forth sin. And sin, somebody say it with me, and sin, say when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. Oh, you, you say, Pastor, you know, we, we got a little time. I, I don't know if we got a little time or not. I've been preaching Jesus was coming for 52 years. My dad preached it long before I did. Preachers before him preached it long before he did. We've been preaching the Lord's coming. He hasn't come yet. But you know what the Bible said? Because he hadn't come, there's going to come scoffers. There's going to come people that say, where are the signs of his coming? Wonder why he hadn't come yet. You said he was coming, Pastor. Why hadn't he come yet? Here's why he hadn't come yet. Because he's got a time clock. And he only knows the day then the hour in which he's coming. The Bible said no man knows it. But I can tell you this, we're not far now. You can look at the signs of the times and tell us tell that we are not far from the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's no time to dabble in both. Well, it's no time to go to a foreign country. It's no time to get sin in your life. It's no time to, to hook up with an ancestral nation that is full of rottenness. You know what? You go study the history of Moab. They were idolaters. They were pagan. They worshiped pagan gods. They were people that hated the God that Israel served. Why in the name of God would you pick up out of Bethlehem and go to, to Moab? Why would you do that? Because you think it's something bigger and better and you think it's going to be more lovely, and you think there's a lot of food there, and there's everything you need to take care of your family there. Oh, let me tell you this morning, there may be a little physical food, but there's also a spirit in Moab. There's also sin in Moab. There's also false gods in Moab. There's also things that will drag your family out of here in Moab. You better stay with the church. Here's the good part. There's a price to pay for sin that is unrepented of. But I got some good news for you today. Jesus paid it all. And the price that you owe has already been taken care of. He's wrote it off of the books. 
You do not have to die because of your sin. You can have it washed away by the blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. He made a supreme sacrifice. He saw the sin that I committed. He saw the debt that I owed. There's one song that says, I should have been crucified. I should have suffered and died. I should have hung on the cross in disgrace. I'm coming home now. I want you to hear me. You don't have to stay in Moab. If you've been there, you need to get out of there. If you're there now, you need to pack your bags and head home. Uh, My mom said, I didn't even know this last night. She sent me a little deal just before I went to bed. And somewhere in the United Pentecostal Church, they have proclaimed this prodigal Sunday. I didn't even know that. But prodigal Sunday, you know what that means? There's people coming back to God. There's people that are going to make their way home. It'd be a great day, sir, for you to pack your bags and say, I've been in Moab long enough. I'm not staying here another day. I'm going back to the blessings of God. I'm going back to the riches of God because Jesus made a way for you. Hallelujah. All my hope is not in in, in this world. It's not in the food. It's not in the money. It's not in the cars. It's not, look, I, I, I don't I don't know about you. All of that stuff is important to us sometimes. But I have made up my mind. All my hope is in Jesus Christ. The cost of salvation is zero. But the cost of sin is death. Did you hear me? I want to say it again. The cost of your salvation is zero. He paid it all for you. You don't have to pay one thing. All you have to do is come to God in faith and say, Lord, I want you to forgive me of my sin. I'm ready to get out of this old world. Oh, we used to sing it. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Does anybody feel that way today? I'm tired of Moab. I'm tired of pagan gods. I'm tired of idolatry. I'm tired of sin running rampant everywhere. I'm tired of us trying to dodge the devil on every corner. I'm tired of transgender worlds. I'm tired of homosexual worlds. I'm tired of people that don't know how to live right. I'm tired of a world that's crisscrossed and messed up and they've got everything turned backwards and they're calling evil good and good evil. We're living in the last days. Somebody needs to pack up today and get out of Moab and get back to Bethlehem, the house of bread. I'm getting ready to leave this world. I'm getting ready for the gates of pearl. I'm keeping my record right. I'm watching both day and night. I'm getting ready to leave this world. Come on now. Well, I'm getting ready to leave this world. Oh, I'm getting ready for the gates of pearl. I'm keeping my record right. Watching both day and night. I'm getting ready to leave this world. Here's what Paul said. Listen, listen, listen. He said, 
For the wages of sin is death. You keep on living the way you're living, you're going to die. I want you to hear me right now. Physical death came because of sin. Did you know that if Adam and Eve had not partaken of the free fruit of the tree of life, that life would have never ended for Adam and Eve. The reason people die is because Adam and Eve sinned. That's the reason death is in this world. There was no such thing as death. Death came because Eve and Adam, in that order, partook of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the Bible said, because one man, death entered into this world. Sin came, and by sin came death. We wouldn't have died if it hadn't been for sin. So since one man sinned, we've all sinned. Everybody say amen. We've all sinned. We're all damned to death by the law. But Jesus said, I'm going to make a way where you don't have to die. I'm going to put death in its proper place. And you don't have, that's, let me tell you, when Jesus Christ rose from the dead on the third day, it was the dawn of death's destruction because he overcame death. He overcame death. He put death where it ought to be. He was victorious. You've heard it and you believe it. Over death, hell, and the grave. He conquered death. He rose up and conquered death. You believe that today? And just like he conquered death, you can conquer death. You don't have to die. Now, we're all going to die physically? Hope not anytime soon. But who knows? You may be next. I may be next. We don't know about that, do we? Here's what I do know. You don't have to die the second death. Revelation talked about the second death. There's a second death. If you, if you don't get things right with God, you don't only die one time, you die twice. The first time, they're going to put you in a graveyard somewhere. Or if you want to be burnt up, they'll put your ashes somewhere. Or if you want them distributed, they'll go throw them in the ocean or wherever you want them. That's the first death. But this second death is called a lake of fire. The second death is when you stay in Moab and refuse to get out. The second death is when you live in the world and refuse to repent. The second death is what I'm preaching to you about today. We can't avoid the first death that's coming because it's as natural as being born. When you were born, you were born to die. And if God tarries on this earth, everything in this building is going to die. Preacher, that's, that's, that's really gross. I wouldn't you, why, why do you want to talk about all that? Because it's truth. And when you die, it's over. And whatever you have done is done. And you don't get a second shot at it. 
But let me tell you what you can do. You can avoid that next death because the Bible in Revelation calls it the death, the second death is in the lake of fire. Those which were cast into the lake of fire and this is the second death. I ain't going to hell, honey. I'm going to be saved by the rapture of the church. I'm going to go in the kingdom of God. You say what you want to say. I've come to preach to you today the cost is too great for me to die that second death. The cost is too great for me to live in Moab. Baby, I got out of Moab a long time ago and I'm not going back. I refuse to live in Moab when I can live in Bethlehem, Judah. Come on, famine. It's okay. I'll take the famine. I preached this in times past. Let me say it to you this morning. Noah's ark was a type of the church. Listen to me. When old Noah got the ark built and all the animals started coming in, do you think it might have been a little smell? Do you think maybe that there might have been some stuff on the floor? Do you think maybe the goats stank a little bit? And the, do you, Come on now. Do you, do you think maybe, perhaps, by any stretch of the imagination, that the, the ark wasn't a pleasant place to be? Huh? But I tell you one thing. I'd rather be in the stink than I had in the storm because everything in the ark got away and the flood didn't get them. But everything that didn't make the ark died in the flood. Are you with me? I'd rather be in the stink of the ark than I had the flood of this world. Could I preach to you one last time on Sunday morning? The church of the living God is the greatest place you could ever be. It's a good place to raise your kids. It's a good place to come to, to the worship with people. It's a good place to get deliverance from your habits. It's a good place to get the devil off your back. It's a good place to leave oppression out in the parking lot. It's a good place to leave depression out of your life. It's a great place for your marriage to stay together. It's a good place that can heal your heart and unburden you from the cares of this world. It's a great place. I'm here to tell you that I won't stay in Moab. I will live in Bethlehem, which is a type of the church of the living God. All over this building shall we stand. I feel the spirit of the Lord in this room today. I feel the presence of God here today. I don't know... I don't know who you are. I don't know where you are. I don't know anything about you as far as the inner workings of your mind and your spirit. Here's what I know. The Lord said to me very early this morning, the cost, the cost. The cost of what? The cost of hell and the cost of heaven. The cost of being lost. The cost of serving the wrong God the cost of being on the outer edges and not being involved in his kingdom, the cost of Moab, the cost. The cost is great. You may go to Moab, you may make it back, but then again, you may never make it back. And when you come back, you may not have everything that you had when you left, but wherever you are today, you need to get up and go back to the house of bread. The famine is only for a season. The rough times, the hard times. Let me tell you, 
I'd love to tell you today that when you get in the kingdom of God that you have no more troubles. I'd love to tell you that. <laughs> I'd love to tell you there's never another migraine headache. You won't ever have the flu. You don't ever have to take a vaccination of nothing. I'd love to tell you that. <laughs> I just wish I could tell you that when you got in the church, your troubles are over. Wouldn't that be awesome? How many of you in this room since you've been in the church have had a flat on your car? Yeah, that's what I thought. Anybody here ever struggle with a light bill? If you got a light bill, you're probably struggling with it. Anybody here been through a trial in your life that maybe your family was messed up, your kids were messed up? You just had hard times in your life. You get where I'm coming from, but yet we're children of God. Here's the difference. You ready? The difference is, as we don't turn to the world for our answers, we just put it all in Him. And He takes us not around the fire, not through the, the fire, but, or excuse me, not around the fire, over the fire, under the fire. He takes us through the fire. And when we get on the other side, somebody said, man, man, I'm going through hell. Well, just know this, you'll be on fire when you get on the other side. Amen. Amen. I'm just preaching to you today. I'm being as, as honest with you as I know how to be. You, the church is the greatest thing that can happen to you. The church, your, your kids will do better here than they will anywhere else. Your, your marriage will it'll fare better here than it will anywhere else. Everything you've got in life will fare better here. I, I'm not trying to talk you into it. I'm telling you as a living witness today that if you leave the world behind and put the church number one in your life, that things will be better for you because in everything you go through, God will have you by the hand and he will take care of you every step of the way. Does anybody believe what I'm preaching here today? The cost cost of going to Moab. I, I, I've preached along these lines in the past, but never just like this. The cost of going to Moab, it may cost you your family, it may cost you your kids, it may cost you your husband or your wife, it may cost you dearly. But the cost of you coming to Jesus is just laying it at his feet because he's already paid for you. Every head bowed and every eye closed in this room today. I just feel the presence of God in this room right now. I know that some of you in this room have struggled. You've been through trials and tribulations. And, you know, there's people that are watching me today. I feel the Holy Ghost. You know, right where you're at at home right now, you're thinking, man, I've been through it. I don't know how. I'm just struggling. I don't know what to do anymore. Let me tell you something. The Holy Ghost wants me to tell you that what you need to do is get up out of Moab and get back to Bethlehem, Judah, because there's, there's famine. The famine's gone, and the house of bread is in order again. You need to get it all right with God again. You need to make up whatever you're going to do in your mind and do it today. You don't need to linger because when you linger, the devil will prey on you. You don't need to linger. You need to move toward God now. 
So who in this room today, while we're standing here with our heads bowed, who will walk to the front of this church and say, Pastor, I'm coming to Bethlehem, Judah today. I'm coming to the house of bread today. I will not stay in Moab. I will not let Moab lure me out of here. I will not let Moab seduce me. I'm going to live right here in the house of bread today. Is there anybody that would come today and just make a commitment to God? Come on, come on, come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.